It's back, the RU Review, brought to you by Zebra Pen. Find Zen in your pen. Zebra Pen, it's Steve Titchener here with Matt Lachlan in our Jersey studios. You can listen to the podcast on SoundCloud, iTunes, and of course, our site, moresportsnow.com. And on the line, we welcome back former Rutgers player and current radio color analyst, Eric Legrand. Eric, thanks once again for joining us for another season. Hey, the season's upon us. Glad to be back. Yeah, it's just upon us indeed. And you got to be pumped uh, with uh, what might happen this year with RU. Yeah, I am. You know, it's going to be an exciting year. Everyone's always excited for week one, you know, get back into the flow of things, you know, after Mm -hmm. the long break and get to see your team out there and play again. So I'm definitely excited for it and and, uh, happy for what Rutgers has in store for year three. Absolutely. And you. You were down in my uh, neck of the woods. I grew up in Monmouth County. I saw you were down doing a commencement speech at Monmouth University. How'd that go, Eric? Oh, it was awesome. I uh, was approached by this group called ACI Medical and Dental School, and uh, they had a bunch of graduates yesterday. They asked me to come to share uh, a few words with their graduates and to congratulate them and give the commencement speech. And it went awesome. I had a, a lot of fun with those people and uh, just congratulating them and, and getting them ready to go out into the work world and everything that they need to be prepared for. That's great. And oh, by the way, we're playing Mammoth in 2020, that starts. So uh, we got to get, get a local uh, rivalry going there. That that should be cool. Yeah, I did see that. You know, we started playing Mammoth's little jersey battle, uh, you know, right down, right down the road from each other. So that's it's pretty cool to see. Absolutely. So let's get into it. Rutgers opens up against Texas State at home this Saturday. They're going with the freshman, Artur Sikowski. What have you seen? What have you heard? Do you like the choice? You know, I, I do. I said, with this, with this kind of stud quarterback, you know, big time recruit, you got to give him the keys and let him go with it. You know, this guy's going to be something special. He's going he's to make freshman mistakes because he's a freshman. He's never played in that type of atmosphere. But you let him learn. You let him grow. And you don't you don't knock him down when he does make mistakes. You build him back up and... You know, you give him the keys for the next three, four years, it could be something special. And then especially when you see the plays and his ability, it also is going to start drawing recruits. Like, wow, look, he came in there as a big-time recruit, and he's starting as a true freshman. And look at this pass that he made. Look what he did here. Somebody, I want to go play with him. No, definitely is a feather in Coach Ash's uh, hat. And the fact that he has come to the State University does speak volumes. Let me ask you this, though. He is a true freshman, but he did enroll early. He left IMG, graduated, and enrolled in the university in January. For those of us who are not familiar with high-level college football, what really goes on both in the classroom, watching film, studying the opponent, and then, of course, on the field, how critical to his success, how different could this freshman year be for him because he came early, got acclimated, was involved in spring football, as opposed to if he had just graduated in June and showed up a day later at Rutgers? People don't realize that advantage of graduating early and coming in and getting those 15 or 16 practices, whatever it is, under your belt and learning how to study a college football playbook, learn how to break down film, learn how to adjust to the, the classroom as well off the field things, and then just becoming a regular college student athlete. People don't realize how hard that is. And when you get to come there he, as in January or February, whenever he got here, he has that already down packed. He knows what he's about to get into. These freshmen that just got here and at the end of June, beginning of July, 
all they know, they went to a little bit of school for the summer program, but they don't know what it's like during the season. And I remember my freshman year during the season, that was the biggest whirlwind, and it felt like that season was forever. It took forever just to just to be done. I remember I was just so exhausted because I was changing positions. I was learning, learning things on the fly, dealing with stuff off off the field, trying to go learn, go through my classes, trying to learn time management, and then also trying to make sure I was in my playbook so I knew what I was doing when my job was being called upon, and switching multiple positions. It was crazy. I was exhausted by the end of my, my freshman year. So he has a huge advantage coming in as a, as a, back in January and now being able to just go back to, oh, yeah, I've done this before. I know what to do now as classes start and everything else. What do you like about him? For those who have only read about him, they know he's got pro football size. I hate to say that for a kid who's just a freshman, but he's a mm-hmm. big, strong-armed kid. What else should the Scarlet Knight community know about him in terms of his football ability? This kid loves football. He he sleeps, dreams, and breathes football. And if you watch some of his interviews, you can just tell he has that. It's, you know, some people love like, like being around the game and things like that, and they enjoy playing it because they're good at it. This kid loves the game. He's very passionate about it. And when he makes a mistake, you can tell he it sits on him and, it, and it, he wants to correct himself right away. And like I said, he's got to learn as a quarterback, forget, you know, the mistake and learn and next, go on to the next play. But you can see that passion inside of him. It's there. And you want that from your quarterback because that means once he really does get it and it clicks, he's going to be holding everybody accountable to that level. You just see that driving. So like a Tom Brady, you see that drive, that passion in him. And he makes people play up to his level. That's how you see Bill Belichick. And no matter who they throw in there, they seem to you know, have success. It's because when you have that atmosphere around there, it's just like, I don't know if you guys watch Hard Knocks, but it's true. Jarvis Landry said it's contagious. Whatever atmosphere you're bringing around your program is contagious. And that's how everybody acts. Obviously, he has the skills, Eric. Uh, talk about his arm. Apparently, he's got a cannon. Oh, my God. Does he throw the ball 60, 70 yards in the air? I messed off. I went to a spring practice uh, with one of his first plays. He hit Bull Melton up the sideline for about a 60-yard bomb, and Bull Melton caught and did the rest with his for the touchdown. And I heard they connected a few times this summer as well. So mm-hmm. he has all the throwing abilities. He has the attributes, like you said, the size, the, the mobility. He loves the game of football. He has everything to be successful. And I think John, working with John McNulty, I think that's going to be huge because he's a great coach, great coordinator, and He's one of those guys. He's going to make you work and hold you accountable. He's not going to be like, okay, on to the next thing. If you mess up, he gets in you a little bit. And make, like I said, holds you to that high standard. Now, speaking of McNulty, uh, you know, Rutgers is yet another offensive coordinator, Eric. And, uh, mm-hmm. you know, so they bring John McNulty back. He's been on the banks before. You know, it's been a, g- a rough go for Rutgers offense. Uh, you know, how will McNulty change that? What uh, What are the specifics? Well, it's been rough since he left. You know, it was changing up all the time ever since he left. But now that he's back, hopefully we have some stability with him because he was a good coordinator for Rutgers while he was there, you know, with Ray Rice and Kenny Brady and Mike Teal's like going on there with Tim Brown. You know, they could just keep on going. He he had a great team. And those guys, not all of them were four and five-star guys. Kenny Brady, I believe, was one of them. But he developed them. He knew the offense that he had, and he made it work. He knew the quarterback he had, and it was it was great to watch that. You know, it was really really cool to see how he knew how to connect with his players. Now that he's back, 
after beating the NFL a little bit as well and working with some of those guys and learning even more, I think it's incredible. It's it is a, it was a, it's a plus plus in my book, you know, for him coming back to Rutgers and being the offensive coordinator. So we'll see how see how he does, and we'll hopefully we'll see a lot a lot more points on the board this year. I believe he said, and he did in college football, you got to at least score thirty points a game. So I would love to see Rutgers score thirty points a game. Oh man, I'm telling you, that would uh, light up the the fan base. That's for sure, particularly in light of the struggles lately. But what about the talent around Sitkowski? Now we know that. Rutgers was not able for a variety of reasons to move the ball much last year. What does he have in terms of his receivers? What does he have in terms of an offensive line to protect him so he can get the ball to the receivers? And is do they have more than just a series of terrific tight ends led by a guy who's going to play in the next level? Yeah, so on the offensive line, they have a lot of guys that have played that have been battle-tested. That is good. You know, they've had, they've had battles, you know, through camp on who was going to be the starters and, and certain guard positions and center and all that stuff. But they have guys that have played football. That's huge, especially leading Terry Cole, leading them on, on the left tackle side. You know, he's got the blind side. That's going to be an NFL player right there. Come on, Seymour, another year now under his belt. Like Mahetti, just all those guys that they've all played. That's huge. It's very big. Now, I'm going to go to tight ends. I'll go to them first. Jerome Washington, NFL tight end. If he can stay healthy, that kid can have a huge year. He's gained the game, I believe he's like 258 now, almost 260 pounds. So it means he got blocking and catches. He looked like a specimen when I went out there to see them practice. I believe I saw practice six. He was, he just changed his body up and he is, he looks like he's ready for NFL right now. And I heard Travis Volker, like another guy who's six foot seven or something, who had a great, a good spring who came in early in. He's going to be another guy to watch out for. Running backs, Raheem Blackshear. I like I, I like watch I like watching this guy. You know, he's one of those guys that have just another level of speed that that he can hit when he when he turns it up. You know, a lot of people are going to question because he's only five nine, one hundred eighty five, one hundred ninety pounds. So can he take it? the beating of a big time running back? We shall see. But that's why they also brought in a transfer from uh, Boston College, a grad transfer who's coming back to Jersey who broke all the save odds records at St. Peter's Prep. So he's going to be another one that could take the workload because he's a 225-pound back. So it's going to, just going to be a good mix there. Wide receivers, I'm not going to lie to you. They're unproven. They are unproven right now. And they're going to have to go out to Paul Melton has had the best spring and best uh, camp, they say. You know, he's probably like the MVP of, you know, just, just overall getting better. And... Now he's going to have to, have to show that ability that he had. He was a four-star recruit. Everyone knew he was a burner. He can catch. He can make freakish plays. He's going to have to show that now. He's not overly big. He's only five foot eleven, but still, if he can make freakish plays, go out there and he can do his thing. Shaheen Jones, I believe, is lined up by the side of him. Another young guy who's going to have to prove himself out there. Everett Wormley, another young guy. They have a lot of young guys at wide receivers, so it could be a question mark. But I believe that they will have the ability to do it. And McNulty is going to put them in a position. Bo Melton, it looks like he's uh, he's developing like many thought he would. Looked good in spring practice. Uh, do you see him stepping up? I, they, he's going to have to. If they want to have success, he's going to have to be their burner. He's going to have to be their guy that they can rely on to get that third and seven or they need that home run play. He's going to have to be able to be one of those guys who can do it all. It's kind of like a Muhammad Sanu. He can do it all. He's, he might up even that quarterback for us, Muhammad Sanu. 
and he really had nobody else to throw to. That's what he's going to have to be until these other guys can prove themselves. Or Melton's going to have to step up, be that guy who can hit you with the deep ball, but also catching screen passes, taking them up the field, or also on third and four, third and five, catching the balls across the middle. He's going to be after one to do because he has developed and, and everything out here and from that he from the uh, the program he has bought in fully and he's trying to reach all the abilities that that they, that he came in with. So I'm excited to see him out there. Eric, what are you seeing about Isaiah Pacheco? Looks like he's quite an athlete in the whole package, right? What are you seeing there? I'm glad you brought him up. I said the day that he committed to us, I said, there's something different about this kid. He might come in and play right away. This guy is jacked, and I'm going to watch his highlight film. It was ridiculous what he was doing for those kids out there. I believe he played quarterback in high school. And it was just, you can just, when you look at the player, you can just tell who has a different level to them, and he's one of them. So I'm excited. I'm sure he'll be on some special teams. He'll get some carries here and there. It's just when he gets his opportunity, he has to make him count. Like Raheem Blackshade did last year, he, when he got his opportunities, he made them count. Pacheco's going to have to do the same thing, I believe. With him and Blackshade back there as, as a duo next year, if he could have a good year together, oh, my God, it's going to be something special. What concerns do you have? Where We've talked about the offense we've talked about some of the strengths what what are the biggest question marks in your mind on either side of the ball that Rutgers is going to have to address as the season moves on if the Scarlet Knights are going to achieve their goal which is a bowl game well I did definitely say I told you on offense is the wide receivers because mm-hmm. no one's proven over there so that's on that side's wide receivers on the defensive side on the line the defensive line do they have the depth to go through this big t- big ten schedule do they have enough guys to go through? You know, they have Julius Turner, Kevin Wilkes, a few other guys that have back that played a lot of football, but there's not a lot of guys behind them that have played a lot of football. Well, they have to, they're going to have to prove themselves as well, and they're going to get thrown into the fire. They're going to make mistakes, of course, because it's the first time out there. But who can step up to the plate and limit those mistakes? Who can be mentally tough enough when they do make a mistake, bounce back to the next play and do the right thing? That's what it's going to be about and on that defensive line. That's where I'm, I'm most concerned with the defense. But they got guys that have played a lot of football already. So hopefully they can lead them and help these younger guys. Uh, they're going to have to be taking a lot of rough shots there. Well, you're listening to the RU Review brought to you by Zebra Pen. Find Zen in your pen. We're talking to Eric Legrand. Uh, Eric, let's talk about Texas State. Their run defense appears to be their strength. That has to be concern with a team starting a young quarterback. I mean, if he gets in a situation where they can't establish the run, he's going to be forced to throw. Do you have concerns there? Do you think Rutgers will be able to run? Honestly, I'll, I'll be honest with them. This, with this team, if Rutgers is not able to run on them, it's gonna, it's, it can be very concerning. You know, this, Rutgers is a Big Ten team. No disrespect to Texas State, but these are Big, big Ten offensive linemen now. They're going to have to be able to impose their will on them and be able to run the run the ball, and that's what a young quarterback needs—a running game that can help him. So when he does have to pass the ball, you're not asking him to throw it 40, 50 times a game. You start him off with maybe 15, 20, 25 passes a game, you know, instead of having to, like I said, air out all the time. So they're going to need to impose their will on the ground, and I'm sure Coach Blazek is letting them know that what they have to do and get the job done. I know that Texas State will. They're tough on the run, but they they should be outmatched at every level of that of the game. And Rutgers has to go out there and just dominate. 
Yeah, everything I read about Texas State indicates it. In many ways, it's a mirror to Rutgers. Uh, their head coach, Everett Withers, is in his third year, as is Chris Ash. He inherited a situation at Texas State where the cupboard was very, very bare, and he's been trying to build that depth ever since. They're coming off two two-win seasons in a row, and they play – even though it's an FBS school, they play at a level lower in the Sun Belt Conference. So there's no doubt, even though there are some similarities about rebuilding a program, Rutgers is the favorite and should come away with the victory. Any concerns that you have, though, that Ohio State is next on the schedule, Big Ten opener, everybody understands that the team you play in your opener, in this case, Texas State, generally is one of those supposed to be one of those cakewalks we're going to learn how to mm-hmm. play under game conditions we're going to win this game we're not going to show too much of our game plan because we got a big game next week any concern at all that texas state could come and bite rutgers not necessarily win but make it much more difficult than it necessarily should be i'm not gonna especially the beginning of the year it's those guys are going to be juiced up too and they're on scouts. yeah that would be my concern football. they're playing football there they're going to make some plays and they're going to make some stuff happen where the crowd I'm like, hey, what's go what's going on here? But it's at the end how long can these guys last? Rutgers has to be able to outlast those momentum swings where Texas State has them, you know, that's the most you can't you can't have I'm not gonna lie, another Eastern Michigan like last year mm-hmm. who came in here, fired up, juiced up and they outlasted Rutgers. Rutgers needed to be able to take the punches that that Eastern Michigan threw at them now this year, Texas State, they're going to throw punches. They're going to throw some. It, it, it happens. It's football. You're out there. They're going to have momentum swings. Can you sustain those momentum swings and bring it back to your side? That's what Rutgers is going to have to show and prove, prove uh, tomorrow that they can sustain them. We are the better team. And here, like I said, they got to impose their will on them. And then from there, going to Ohio State, I'm saying they got a new quarterback. I know Dwayne Hassan there said, Chris Carter said that. He throws one of the best balls that he's ever seen that, you know, their Ohio State they're going to have. Those guys, Evan Meyer's not there, but they they got head coach and abilities. We know with Coach Yano there and Coach Day, who's stepping up to the plate. But I'm saying, if you play in Ohio State, everyone everyone in college football knows you can ask every coach. The mistakes, they come early when you get best in, in games. They come early in the season where you're trying to figure everything out. I think it's a good sign that you play Ohio State week two instead of week 10 when they're fully rolling. So well, that's yeah. I'm happy. Well, yeah, no, that could work out. And certainly we'll discuss not only the results of Saturday's game, but look ahead to Ohio State next week on our RU review. But from a Rutgers standpoint, a win is a win, I know. But as you said, it cannot be a slog. I don't think Coach Ash wants to see his team in the last two minutes, either having to drive for the winning touchdown or field goal or having to hope for to force a turnover because the Bobcats are marching down for that field goal that could tie things up and go to overtime. This game should be – Rutgers wants this game in its hip pocket. Of course, you could say that about every opponent, but they want this one particularly in their hip pocket by the start of the fourth quarter so that they can breathe a little easier and everyone can understand this is going to be a different year. Otherwise, the questions are there, right? If they don't – come away with that kind of victory, then it's like, okay, has Rutgers turned the corner? What is year three going to be like? Yeah, in a perfect world, you do want that. You want to end. You want to have, you know, that, like you said, that end of the third quarter, you're taking out your starters, you're putting in those second guys to get them reps, get, get them reps and see themselves on the field so they can be prepared for the season. You want your, your guys that have established themselves 
So now I have to play as many plays and get ready for this long season. You know, you don't have that three touchdown lead, that four touchdown lead, whatever it is. You know, so you get those younger guys in there to get those those reps. I remember when I was playing and we would play like Morgan State or Norfolk State and then teams like that or Howard. A lot of them, when we were those young guys, that's when we got our reps and we got to see ourselves on film and that's how you get better because you're still calling the same defense. You're still playing the same defense and you're out there now getting in the game action. You see your mistakes and how you're going to act and be able to see if they're able to trust you for the rest of the year. It doesn't matter when you're out there playing. If you're out, like I said, for those younger guys, this is what a coach is by. Get my main guys out out of the game by the end of the third quarter, like you said, and let me throw my young guys in there to see what they can do and who we can use for the rest of the season. To your point, Eric, I'm also concerned about Rutgers' defensive line. You know, if you can't stop the run in the Big Ten, it is a long season. And I would say, you know, the defensive line is, of course, that starts the very beginning of it. But those linebackers, I love them. Mm-hmm. We have two senior linebackers back there that can fly around. And also Trevor Maddox-Williams, he's, uh, I'm sorry, Maddox-Williams, he's back as well flying around. And they got depth there. You know, with Tyson Fogg, he's ready to go out there and play. They have some depth there. And then the best part about it, who I said that this team's going to have to rely on, is our defensive backs. They have the most combined starts mm-hmm. to corners in, the, in all of the NCAA, which is crazy. So if sometimes you need to bring an extra safety in the box to stop that run, hopefully mm-hmm. we have the ability to rely on our corners on the outside to have to play that man-on-man bump coverage all the way and leave maybe one safety over the top and then have to put two because the defensive line and linebackers may need a little bit of help in that extra guy in the box. But I can't wait to see Bless on Austin back out there and Isaiah Ward another year and Saquon Hampton, those same Ty Hester, all those guys. These guys have played a lot of football, a lot. Oh, you're right. You're, you're absolutely right. The uh, the concerns end at the defensive line. The linebacker core and the, and the defensive backs are terrific. So uh, hopefully they can pick things up. Uh, we we would hope, uh, you know, going into Ohio State in that second week, or, or you know, you can have a, a long game there. What do you think of these uh, these noon kickoffs? Do, do, do you prefer uh, early kickoffs, later kickoffs? Um, I guess it all depends on the game. Like for this one, noon kickoff. I'm not too mad about it. You don't get there, you get there early, and you know you can still have the rest of the day to see some other games and stuff mm-hmm. like that. But bigger games, like when you get when you play like Penn State and Michigan, you want those night games or maybe a three thirty kickoff, you know, just to build up that energy all day long. Get out there, you see the tailgate going, and everyone's fired up and ready to go all day long, and then you get that night kickoff and. Oh, I agree. And, you know, it's exciting this year where we have the cycle where we get Penn State and Michigan in our house in November. I mean, that's that's absolutely exciting. So uh, always look forward to that. And that's the excitement of Big Ten football, right? Oh, it is. And uh, you look at our, that Big Ten schedule, especially at the back end, there's no joke. <laughs> no, there's not. Uh, the real season. <laughs> that's why it's so important to get out of the gate well, uh, because the back end is awfully tough after Halloween, it's hold on to your hats. But if Rutgers can get there in good, if Rutgers can get there in good shape, if they can do what they are set up to do, and you know, knock on wood, no injuries, that'll be a key as well. Of course, uh, it could be a very exciting year, one of the more exciting years in recent times for Rutgers. And uh, we're excited about what this program's all about, and having you being a part of it. No question. And Eric, one more question, and here it comes, and then we'll let you go. Uh, do you see a bowl this year? Oh, do I see it? Well, I'll tell you what, I am excited 
I really believe that Rutgers is going to take that turn for the for the for the better, and we're going to see them go to a bowl this year. People are going to really believe what Coach Ash is doing. The recruits are going to start believing it. Like, wow, we have something special here. I'm excited, guys. Oh man, just doing this podcast just now just got me. Hyped up and ready to go. The season is here. Fired up, baby. Uh, we're, we're fired up too, Eric. Well, it's thrilled to have you on, Eric, and uh, we'll catch up to you uh, next week. We'll talk more RU football. Thanks. Sounds good, guys. And there you have it. Eric is excited, and it's uh, exciting times, man. I mean, it's Big Ten football, and uh, Rutgers looks like they're on the up and up. And we'll find out a lot about them. Everyone's excited, understandably so, that the season is here. Mm-hmm. Let's see what Chris Ash can do in his third year. These are now mostly his recruits. Not all of them. He's probably got a few holdovers from the Kyle Flood era, but these are his guys. And now it's just a matter of getting some experience. It should not be, and I do not mean to dismiss Texas State because they are an FBS school and they are trying to get back to where they were under Dennis uh, Francione. Uh, he was there as they moved from the lower level to the upper level, if you will, in college football. He was the guy who led them there. And they had some good years, not great years, but they have fallen on some hard times as the cupboard's gone bare. So as we mentioned, their head coach in his third year is mm-hmm. refilling the stockpile with his guys. And they're coming out thinking, all right, let's go. But it is a Sunbelt school against a Big Ten school. It's not the best team in the Sunbelt against the worst team in the Big Ten. That would narrow the gap a little bit. Rutgers certainly a little bit off the bottom, and Texas State is, at least was, at the bottom of the Sunbelt. They should move up a little bit this year by all accounts. At any rate, this is a must-win. It should be relatively easy. It is not going to be 60 to nothing, Yeah, but it to yeah. me, it cannot be 2017. Mm. It's, no, it, I agree. I, you know, I mentioned that the, you know. The, I again, mean, it can be as long as Rutgers is, quote unquote, in control. This has to be a game where they yeah. come out early, mm. establish that they are the better team, and just have a methodical victory. A blowout would be great. A methodical victory would be fine. Whether or not they can sit in the in the fourth, we'll I'm see. I'm not a betting man, but, uh, you know, it's 16-point uh, spread. They're 16-point favorites. A little surprised at that moving forward. Listen, this is a good opponent to start with and with a young quarterback. And, uh, you know, I, I expect them to, to handle Texas State, and uh, I, I think they will. And uh, we'll just uh, leave it. Leave it at that. So uh, thrilled again to have uh, Eric Legrand uh, back with us for a, a full season of the RU Review. And of course, we want to thank Matt Zebra Pen that came on board to support this. Yeah, great uh, sponsorship by Zebra Pen. Really appreciate the support. We think we've got a lot of good things happening here with this program. We think that Rutgers is on the upswing. I am not a Rutgers graduate. You are. So it's not an RU alum get together, a love fest. It's just two guys. Maybe you'll be a little more objective for us, Matt. That's well, what we well, no, what I'm saying is it's it's guys who like to talk sports, who can see that Rutgers has made strides. Uh, Eric is a great addition. We're going to have guests from the Big Ten mm-hmm. network coming on. We're going to have more Rutgers people on. It's not just going to be Eric, but we think that with what Chris Ash has done, uh, with Eric's contributions to this show, that this type of conversation is ready to take off and thankfully zebra sees it the same way and so awesome. we're very thankful to them and mm-hmm. uh, we appreciate their support and that'll do it for this week's ru review on moresportsnow.com steve titchener here with matt lachlan and catch us next week bye all